Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to episode 161. This is Slamfire Radio, and today is July 1st, 2016, and it's Canada Day. Yay! I'm one of your hosts, Adriel Michaud. I'm another one, Trevor Furlot. And I'm the other one, Kelly Wheaton. Uh, no, who the heck am I? <laughs> How many last names do you have? Pick one. Are you Rick or are you RJ? What, which is it? I'm Kelly Lynn. Hi, Kelly Lynn. There we go. So classy. <laughs> and Matthew is on assignment. Yes, Matthew he's, is on assignment. He's taking a vacation from his vacation. He's probably Which out shooting that Troy P.A.R. Mm. Oh. Do you blame him? No. Mm. You know, no. if you had come to the charity shoot, you could have shot it too. I was kind of there. I saw he's, me there. Yeah, you were there. <laughs> <laughs> I had people at work saying... Uh, were you like at a shooting thing or something this weekend? <laughs> I saw some pictures of you. I'm like, no, look closer. They're not. It's not me. <laughs> the, be- out. the best one was when we threw the t-shirt on you and played cards with you. Fred was your arms. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's he's that's the squire's role. We made a video of George and uh, he was smoking his last cigarette, and Fred was the one lighting it. <laughs> True story. Yeah. Yeah, I showed my kids. They uh, had a good laugh, too. Awesome. Well, you, you probably had the coolest cutout we've had so far. Brian Bolivar's was just, he would just kind of stand there with his mm-hmm. hands on his hip and his pinky sticking out. Not that that was worth making fun of, but it really was because his pinky was sticking out. And then George was in his cowboy outfit. But you were you were all decked out, man. You had a nice Stormtrooper type AR, so you had the coolest cutout so far. Just saying. Yeah, Sweet. yeah I yeah. think we... Got it from your from your website. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of cool that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys must be uh, must be pros at doing uh, cardboard cutouts of people and bring them to it's events fil- now. It's all filthy. Yeah, it is. Uh, and and you'll be happy to know you're the first host or podcaster to not make it to a charity shoot, have a cutout of them made, and the cutout not get destroyed. Mm-hmm. Destroyed. <laughs> To, not not destroyed yet. To it be destroyed. At to be destroyed at, at the three gun probably. If you don't come to the three gun, we're going to blow you up at the three gun. Sweet. Just saying. Lots yeah. of tannerite. I think. Yeah, I think it's because of the fact that tannerite's not allowed on the ranges in Ontario. It is here. It's, it's the only thing that saved you. <laughs> well, I'm doomed. I think. <laughs> uh, Trevor, what you what did you do in uh, guns the last two weeks here? Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, I. Before I left to go out, and actually I forgot about this um, previous show, I introduced a, a new member to the Rescuers Gun Club to handgun shooting. Uh, so huge shout out to Becky. Becky was calling my phone and leaving voicemails, asking for kind of a a um, an orientation to the Rescuers Gun Club, how the uh, sign-in process works and putting up flags, and we have a shared range and how that works. So she wanted to go out with somebody from the executive before starting to go out on her own. 
so That's she, a good idea. yeah, it was awesome. She met me out there. John Snuffleupagus and I were doing some work and shooting forty four magnums, which is awesome. And um, she showed up and brought her uh, her very own M and P nine. So after I showed her around, uh, I gave her a couple of pointers, and she is one of those typical female natural shooters who just uh, listened to everything I had to say, followed the instructions to the T, and was knocking down plates on her very first mag. Nice. Yeah, so uh, she's very busy, um, but hopefully we'll see her around and maybe uh, even get her involved in, in action shooting of some sort. So it was just, I mean, it was just really awesome. She's, uh, I don't want to put an age on her, but she's certainly younger than me. How's that? And um, so it's cool to have a, a young lady show up with a handgun, right? I want to get into guns, and I bought my own handgun, and take me shooting. Show me how it works. So Sweet. it's pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 Cool. yeah. And then I went to um, Hampton and shot the Southern New Brunswick 250 match. Did we talk about this yet, or this, is this something that's left in the notes? You didn't really talk about it. This is the one where you go from dusk to dawn, or dawn to dusk, or <laughs> yeah, it's a dusk till dawn or dawn till dawn yeah. till dusk. Yeah. So the Hampton, or the uh, Southern New Brunswick 250 match is a 18 stage, 250 round Ipsic level three match shot at the Hampton uh, Gun Club which is just outside of uh, St. John, New Brunswick. And it's definitely a premium or premier New Brunswick match. It's it's right up there with everything that SummerSlam is, only it's not for the faint of heart. It's 250 rounds and 18 stages in one day. And Ooh. in order to pull this off, it takes a level of organization unseen at, no, at most matches. The match director, Ken Harrell, and his crew down there, they put on a fantastic job. Not only are the stages awesome, the props are awesome, the shooting challenges are awesome, and the organization is amazing, and at the end, there's a banquet. Uh, I won the Pain in the Ass Award for two years in a row now. Funny no. story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right? Funny story. So um, I was shooting a weekend stage where you had to hold a shield in your hand and the gun was in it was a simulated castle wall with three ports that you shot through that were like the ports in a castle wall that like an archer would shoot through they were even tapered just like in a real castle so i wanted to stand my gun up on its end um the gun my mag will will prop my gun up so I wanted to stand it up on its muzzle and on its magwell so that I could grab it quicker. And the arrow said, you can't do that. And I'm like, you sure about that? Like, show me, because I'm pretty sure I can do that. He's like, no, you can't do it. So he wasn't willing to let me start that way. So you got to comply with the with the, with the the uh, range officer. It was either he wasn't going to start me. So I said, okay, said to myself, start his way, and then you can look up the rules later. And um, you can ask for a reshoot when you find the rule proving that you were right. So uh, this was inside my head. I was thinking about what I was going to do after the stage and not concentrating on shooting the stage. So the timer went. I picked up my gun, and there was two shoots, two regular targets through the first port separated by a no-shoot target, so two in the bottom target, two in the top target. Then I went to the left, and there was one piece of steel, like a, a mini popper through the – sorry, I went to the right – and with my weak hand, I shot that one popper. And then when I got to the left port, I took about five shots to knock down the steel. I was like, oh, God's sake. You know, like I blew the stage because I was worried about him not letting me start the way I wanted to start and worrying about where it was in the rule book and what rule number it was. And so anyway, I said to him, I said, uh, I'm going to, you said that I couldn't 
shoot that way, I'd like you to show me. He's like, well, uh, you know, it's, it's in there. I know what's in there. Well, that's not good enough. If you're not going to let me start the way I want to start and you're going to quote rules, I'd like you to show me the rule. So he went looking in the book for a while and he wasn't able to find it and he had to officiate. So he gave me the book. I'm like, it's really not my job, but okay, fine. So I get the, I get the book and I go to chapter eight and I find, I find the section that applies. I'm like, I found it and it says that I can start. It talks about you're not allowed to artificially prop up the gun with anything that's not attached to the gun. I'm paraphrasing here, but it's 8.1.3 or something like that. And unless otherwise specified in the stage description. So unless the stage description says it has to lay flat, you're allowed to stand it up. The stage description didn't say anything about the gun other than put it in the port. So I decided, uh, I, I asked for the reshoot. He brought it to the range master. Range master came back with an interpretation of the rule and said, you know, you always have the right to appeal. To arbitrate, sorry. So an arbitration is when you get an arbitration form, you fill out the what happened, you gather your witnesses, you write a description, the rule, and you cough up your 100 bucks. So I went to the range master for an arbitration form with my $100 in hand. We had a brief conversation, and he said, all right, I guess I can see it your way. I'll let you reshoot it. Most people mess up their reshoots. So he brought me back to the stage, and I was allowed to reshoot it. And sure enough, I messed it up bad. First of all, I couldn't get the gun to stand up the way I wanted to. I had to go through every mag on my belt to get the gun to stand up, so I looked like a putz. Finally get the gun to stand up. Timer goes off. I grab my gun. Bang, beautiful alpha. Bang, beautiful alpha. I go to the left. One shot on the steel. I go to the right. One shot on the steel. I'm like, awesome. And the range officer looks at me and goes, why didn't you shoot both targets twice? Zero the stage. Yep. Oops. I zeroed the stage. And I got I lost the match. Guess uh, guess how much I lost the match by? Less than half a percent. Uh, uh, I had oh, oh, oh. Yeah, So if you had of yeah. If I had of just kept my mouth shut and accepted the stage the way I had, I probably would have won the match because I had ninety nine point six three of the winner. Mm. The winner gets hundred percent, I was ninety nine point six three. Yeah, but it's hard for you though, right? To keep your mouth shut? It's totally hard for me. <laughs> No, no, the struggle is real. It's, it's, oh man, I I don't know. I'm 41. I don't think I'll ever learn. So, but, um, I got my reshoot and then I, and then I screwed it up. So (laughs) anyway, other than that though, I mean, congratulations to all the winners. Uh, Jamie Knowles, who's my teammate going into nationals, he got first place and, and, um, so it was really good. The, a lot of the, um, a lot of the uh, competitors are very close together. Uh, Troy Singer from Nova Scotia won production. Awesome guy. And um, Matt Lorette shot with my FN. God love him. Um, yeah, so they did, a, they did an awesome job. And then um, the same thing that the three of us were at. <laughs> next was the, well, for me, next was the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights AGM, which was held in Ottawa on uh, last Friday. Amazing. Amazing. There's not, I cannot say enough good things about, uh, the AGM. Everything was awesome. Everything was professional. The AGM was actually broadcast live over the internet, something that's never been done before. Mm-hmm. There, I heard that. There were, um, uh, there was an online vote on, um, amendments to a couple of things that needed to be amended. Uh, that was done live. It was yeah. just, or that was done, uh, on online voting. Yeah, I did that beforehand. Awesome. 
Um, it was just it was just a real good time. It was very well run. I would have liked to have seen more attendance at the AGM and then more attendance at the dinner afterwards. The dinner afterwards was just, I mean, the Sheraton in downtown Ottawa put on an amazing evening for us. Yes. The food was amazing. The music was amazing. We had Jody Middick come and make an appearance and, and speak at the event. Super nice guy. So we gave out um, autograph. Well, we gave out copies of his book to everyone in attendance. And he was there to autograph them, and uh, there was did also. Did you uh, convince him to come on to the show? Uh, no, but he I did talk to him about it, and he he made a point of showing me his inbox. At the time, there was 267 unread emails, and yeah. he said yours are among those. Yeah. So uh, unsubscribe from some of those uh, newsletters. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's definitely, he's definitely a busy guy. I have a question for you about yeah. the AGM for next year. Are they looking to move it from a Friday to a Saturday, potentially, where more when more people can actually go to it? Possibly. Um, uh, we we were working around the charity shoot. Yeah, I know. Thank you. That so, was awesome. Yeah, so next year maybe it will be on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, is a real good chance it's going to go out west. So I'm hoping. I'm going to have to become a director so that I can get flown out there. <laughs> That's what you need to do. Kidding. Um, no, I'm not kidding. You need to become a director. Um, <clears throat> what else can I say about the AGM? Yeah, it was it was just awesome, and it will probably be out west next year. So my main concern is that it not fall on the same weekend as the charity shoot. Now, mm-hmm. the AGM is tied into a very specific set of dates. The charity shoot traditionally has been the last weekend of June. Um, I'm proposing mm-hmm. that we move the charity shoot. Two weeks, not the Canada Day weekend because it's Canada Day, but the weekend after. Mm-hmm. And SummerSlam will be in August next year, so I'll be able to do the uh, AGM in June, the charity shoot second week of July, and then come home and get ready for SummerSlam. Right. Now, we always had it specifically on this date for a specific reason, right? Well, it was because Matthew and I were done school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's it's, why. It's all around Trevor. Uh, I, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> It's true, but nobody wants to hear that, especially me, because it's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, when I was the one organizing it, it kind of had to work around my work schedule. Exactly. Yeah, so. it did. And that was the one thing. When we said that uh, when New Shooter Canada volunteered to do it, you asked, can you please keep it on the same uh, yeah. date, just so that we can attend, because we have uh, SummerSlam, the, the big, big 10th anniversary. So. Exactly, yeah. And we said, Sure. And it was such a crazy weekend between the AGM and then the charity shoot um, that I've only, like, gotten back to normal today. I slept for the better part of a day and a half. Like, I got home. There was a huge mess up with Air Canada. I ended up on a bus full of homeless, sad people going from Ottawa to Montreal. Have you ever been to a Greyhound station in a city? No, it's not good. Oh, my God. The depravity, the sadness. It smelled of of fear, sadness, and cheese. It was <laughs> there was no air conditioning. Uh, everybody was sweating from places that you shouldn't sweat from. Then the bus was like no air conditioning. By the time I got to Montreal, I needed a hobo shower. You know what a hobo shower is? You get some baby wipes and a fresh stick of speed stick and find a stall and do your best. Like it yeah. was sad. And Did you feel better? A little bit, yeah. Okay, And right. I treated myself to a $40 hamburger, and then, then I felt really good. It might have been a beer included in that price. 
Anyway, I got I got home. Uh, it was uh, 1.30 in the morning when I finally walked into the door. I narrowly missed hitting two moose on the way home from the airport. That was a good time. And then, and then I went to work on Monday morning until about lunch, and then I've been asleep ever since until this morning. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, uh, and um, moving right along, I spent time at the charity shoot with um, Simon from S&J Hardware, uh, Ryan from um, Holst- Holstervarsi. Yeah, no, okay. no. Um, is it Ryan from... Um, Oh, the holster maker. It's going right under my head. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Ryan McLeod. Yes, thank you. Ryan McLeod. You're welcome. And um, S&J bought Spatha. Right. And they make yeah. they make the coolest muscle brakes I've ever seen. I knew they were cool, but I you know, so many products come on the market, and you, you sometimes some of them get overlooked. And unfortunately, Spatha, you know, even though it was Bevins that was running it, I never really got into it yet. Anyway, they had a brake there for the VZ58, and mm-hmm. I picked one up to put on my rifle. And it's amazing. Like, it fits perfectly. It looks like it came on the rifle, and I can't wait to get out and shoot it. And if you, like me, got a VZ58 and 223, and all it has is that thread cover, and you're looking for an affordable muzzle brake, you don't want to get that expensive one from uh, Zoll that Fab Defense makes. And this is a Canadian-made product. S&J Hardware, a great company. You should definitely check it out. I'm quite happy with it. How much did you pay for it? Oh, uh, well, that's between me and them. Oh, uh, you got a you got a Trevor <laughs> discount. No, I didn't get a Trevor discount. It was like a hundred bucks or something. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so that's not bad. I'm not sure if that was a regular price or if that was a show price, but um, yeah, I'll be looking at maybe uh, replacing uh, the flash hider or the yeah the flash hider on one of my airs. It's yep. a nice thing, nice product. Yeah. So, and then today I I couldn't get to the range. Well, I could have got to the range, but it was going to be all by myself. So instead, I decided to work on the match from home. I've been doing administrative stuff yesterday and today, and today I put all the squad buckets together. So every squad gets a bucket with a timer and a radio and a stapler and patching and all that good stuff and clipboard. And Now, uh, next week, I'll start printing off score sheets and chronograph labels and all that stuff, and all we'll have to do is finish building stages, and SummerSlam 10 will be ready to roll. People, people are dropping like flies right now. I've, in the last, I'm down to four people on the wait list. Wow. And, yeah. And at one time I had 16 on the wait list. I'm down to four. So that's how much turnaround there's been. A lot of people, I think, applied to SummerSlam, hoping to get into the Nationals. And then if they couldn't get into the Nationals, they bailed on both. And then some people were like, well, no, I was always ever just going to SummerSlam, which I always love hearing. That's cool. So, yeah. That's about it for me, Adriel. What about you? Uh, do you enjoy the charity shoot, Adriel? <clears throat> oh, I, uh, I I felt uh, pretty even about it, and uh, yeah, you did well. I think it, I think it fell a little bit flat for me, but hmm. uh, no. <laughs> oh, I got to go back, Adriel. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The charity shoot. Go ahead. I just I got to thank again Kevin and Kelly and New Shooter Canada and everyone who helped pull off the best charity shoot in the history of Canadian podcast charity shoots adriel this thing was off the hook the prizes the organization the name fancy laminated name tags they had they had gifts for the sponsors these beautiful wooden engraved plaques um those are great milio did those those are amazing they were amazing christopher anderson pulled out the all the stops again with the major awards he did 
We're going to talk about that in the main story, though, right? Oh, right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I won't get into too many details, but I know I met a lot of awesome people. There's a couple of listeners. Benny came up to me and introduced himself. Etienne came up to me and introduced himself. And anybody else who, who did come, I don't think anybody else did, but those two guys stick out in my mind. But if I am missing anybody, um, I mean, I'm friendly and approachable. I, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no... Uh, Great time. Met a lot of great people and got to see a lot of uh, a lot of old friends that I only see at this event and uh, good times. Sweet. All right. Sorry, Adriel. Carry on. <laughs> That's all right. Um, yeah, I've had a uh, pretty quiet couple of weeks. Uh, I ordered that uh, Dominion Arms Grizzly MagFed shotgun and it arrived. And uh, I don't know. There's Send no. it back. <laughs> <laughs> no way. You know, I, I was on CGN yesterday. There was someone trying to sell one for three fifty, and, and for the you, for the kit, for the Father's Day uh, sale, they were selling them for two hundred even. So yeah, but you said this was going to happen. Yeah, oh, I'm not selling it yet, but uh, it's no, going to happen. Yeah, you said that you weren't worried about losing any money on it because you got it on such a good deal, and here you go. Somebody yeah. bought one; they're immediately trying to flip it for a profit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I won't do that because I'm going to shoot gonna, it first. Yeah. Are you going to do a review of it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, kind of rough. I don't know if you can hear that roughness in there. But, a little bit. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I was kind of thinking of doing something silly with it, like uh, mounting it to the bottom of my AR-15 and yes. running it like a master key. <laughs> yes. And then I was thinking, like, okay, well, I do three-gun. So if I put the shotgun on the bottom of my AR, what would it take to put a pistol on the side? And uh, I found something that'll do it. Uh, so not how this works. That's not how this works. <laughs> oh yeah, it's going to be the three-in-one gun. Oh my I, god! I ordered up uh, a rail. Like there's a, a universal pick rail that you can get that'll mount to the uh, the dust cover rail on a pistol. I, I'm not a rules guy, but I'm pretty <laughs> really? sure we need a rule for this. <laughs> That's funny, Kelly. It's happening. It's <laughs> happening. So that'll put a pick rail on the top of my pistol. Uh, with the shotgun, I'll drill and tap it for whatever the heck I want to. Maybe like a, just like a, a quick release or something like that. And uh, I am gonna put. I'm gonna. I am gonna build the three-in-one gun. Um, I'd probably for the pistol, since I won't be able to get to the sights, uh, I might do like a 45-degree uh, red dot and uh, sight that to the pistol, but. It's gonna be gonna have some uh, height over bore issues with it, so we'll see. Could, could you do me a favor? The only way to make this any more epic is if you build this off an SKS. <laughs> I, I sent back the SKS that would have been perfect for this. It would have been that uh, that Magfed deal that uh, uh, Kodiak Defense one. Mm, do I have enough? No, no, I don't have anything else that would fit this. My oh, AR really is the best platform for this. It's got the most pick rail possibilities on it. I'm just thinking you could take the SKS, mount the Grizzly to it, and then get a Tokarev and mount that on there. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna make one big turd, you might as well make it a big turd. <laughs> yeah, because now uh, it's just like your AR has got genital warts growing off of it or something. I mean, it's yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Oh, and then I'll bring it out to uh, one of the three-gun competitions and see how that goes. I don't think there's a rule against that. There is in Restigush. <laughs> it's called the Frosty Rule. <laughs> well, I like I like having rules. 
named after me. Um, anyway, so the, the Grizzly uh, MagFed shotgun came in. I haven't I haven't got out to shoot it or anything like that, but I, I'm, I'm going to this weekend. Uh, and then the other thing that uh, they got in was a bunch of safe accessories. So I had posted that uh, uh, that picture of uh, you know gun owners without enough safe spaces because my guns were overflowing out of my safe. And uh, and this manufacturer, Gun Storage Solutions, sent me some like safe stuff. So they sent me some pistol hangers. Have you seen them? They're kind of like a an S kind of a shape. It's like a a, a rubber coated or vinyl yeah. coated hanger. You stick your pistol in it, and you can have a whole bunch of pistols hanging off of a shelf uh, with with these things. So I got some of those. Uh, I got some rubber coated magnets that you can st- that you can suspend your pistol from the from the ceiling of your safe with uh, kind of thing or or your magazines. Uh, so I got some of those, and then I got uh, some of those rifle rods. You know, the they go down into the bore of your rifle or shotgun, and they stick to the ceiling. And they let you stack basically rows, right? Oh, uh, neat. Yeah, so well, it, it's really neat for me because I've got a bunch of rifles, some with scopes, some without scopes, some with huge scopes, and uh, just one even uh, uh, standoff on the back of my safe, and it doesn't work with all of them. No. Nope. So uh, the other the other problem I have is that the the shelf position that I have is fixed. And it's too low for uh, my 28-inch uh, barreled Stoger and uh, my Mosin and a couple of other guns I've, I've had have been a little bit too long. And have, uh, so I've had to put them diagonal across my safe. So now with these rods, I'm actually going to pull that shelf out, uh, mount my pistol to the ceiling of this thing, either with a hanger or with the magnets, and then run those rods to, uh, to get more guns into the same safe, cool. I think. <laughs> more guns more guns in the same okay yeah yeah in the same space same uh, safe space so same safe space yes <laughs> say that 10 times fast <laughs> no yeah no it looks like it looks really cool i mean it's all rubber coated the the hangers are don't have any steel exposed so they're not gonna like scratch up the barrel or anything like that they got warnings like uh don't uh, don't use this with a loaded pistol, and it's it's because the hanger goes into the bore long enough where it'll actually hit the hit the bullet that if you've got it uh, chambered. So um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna store any of my guns loaded. That uh, that wouldn't be kosher here. But uh, yeah, it's cool. So that's all I've been up to. Uh, Kelly, what have you what have you been up to? Well, uh, it's been been for the past two weeks pretty much all charity shoot twenty four seven. So. Uh, I spent a lot of time at SFRC just picking up stuff for the charity shoot uh, because they donated a lot of things for it. I went and did the three-gun course or the Airsoft uh, three-gun course. We That was um, so fun. It was fun. Not a lot of people did it. I I was kind of disappointed in the fact that I think I I have a theory about that. Mm -hmm. I think it was out of sight, out of mind. I think so too. Everybody was just gathered around there, and yeah. we just kind of forgot about it. And like, it's not like Mike was coming around the corner every once in a while, going, "Hey, if you haven't tried the airsoft, come on, don't forget to try." The-. You know, we just kind of got. It yeah. was it was like all the way around the corner. Like it, it took it took thirty six seconds to walk there. I know. So it was so long, but it was it anyway. was out of sight, out of mind, and I completely forgot about it until Bolivar said, "Come on, you cheap bastard, I'll pay for you." <laughs> But it was fun to do, wasn't it? It was super fun to do because it was like a legitimate. Um, it was like running an Ipsic course of fire in three gun. Yeah. It really, really was. Um, Bolivar learned from my mistakes. Mike said I had the fastest raw time, but I got no hits with the rifle. So I right. told Bolivar, I said, 
take your time on your first target and figure out where the rifle is hitting and then go from there. And he cleaned up. I mean, yeah. by, I think he like won by a huge margin. The M&P airsoft pistol that you guys have. Yep. Really impressive. Feels and handles nice. like a real M&P. It's accurate. It was, yeah. Of course, my pistol and hits were all awesome, but after that. Mm-hmm. It also fits into the, uh, an M&P holster. holster. Yeah. Yeah. So you can actually use it. You can go to, you know, yep. fight around the house or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We went and actually set that up uh, the Sunday beforehand, and yeah, and then the tornado came. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it had to be reset up again. So, mm-hmm. which happened on the Thursday before the shoot. Uh, Mario and uh, Mike came. Mario came from Montreal to help set that up, and Mike came down from. He worked all through the night. He works evenings um, with Canada Post, and uh, he came. He didn't even go home. He came straight down to Brockville and set up and spent, I think, like 48 hours awake making sure that everything was ready. Crazy. I know. So, yeah, we spent uh, multiple days at the range just getting things set up. And then in the evenings, we're working until 2 and 3 in the morning, just, you know, printing off names, laminating them, making sure that, you know, spreadsheets, you know, all that stuff. Oh, that's what I say. You guys went the extra mile on the detail. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of planning and a lot. It was like we, what we've been planning this since September. Uh, George, uh, Thomas, and I, and then Kevin came on board soon afterwards because we got the Brockville range and and that, and he was able to arrange that. So, and then Kevin put, uh, yeah, Kevin, uh, he's an amazing man. And I think that if we want to stay together, we're not going to be planning any more charity shoots. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Anyways, I'm not. I don't know. No, no. There might be some truth to that. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, and uh, I did Rick's uh, handgun fundamental course on the the Friday, and I was able to do that because of the fact that we had some wonderful, wonderful women helping out with a, a couple of things on Friday. Both uh, Sarah and Wanda helped out. They went and got the uh, stuff for the barbecue for the next day. Now, so, Sarah uh, and Wanda are, for people who may not know. Sarah Hisson, who is Mike's wife. So, uh, so Mike is one of the co-hosts of uh, A New Shooter Canada. And Wanda, Wanda Cross, uh, Crossman, is uh, George's girlfriend, or slash fiance. I was going to say handler, fiance. but... <laughs> um, yeah, and so they came to watch because George and Mike were both signed up for the uh, for the course as well. So um, they came to watch, and I said, "Hey, can you guys go and uh, pick up a few things? And if you do, that'd be awesome." Did, that means did George get to shoot it with his cowboy action guns? He uh, he did not. He okay. used a um, MMP. Uh, he used a VTAC actually. Oh no way. And, yeah, he did, and he did really well. At, oh, that's right. I just, at, I just listened to the latest episode. He was talking about unloading yeah. and show clear, and yeah, okay. Yeah, no, he had a great time with it. And uh, Miss Stacy, she came and did the course as well. She did not want to do it. She I know. Balking at it and saying, no, you know what? If you need to do something, I'll come and help you do it. You know, we don't have to do the course. I'm going, yes, we do. <laughs> And I knew that if I did the course, she would do the course. Thank so, you for forcing her to do that. Yeah. Well, you know what? She's so Stacy lives in Michigan, and she also has her concealed carry. And if you have a pistol that you conceal carry, you know what? 
she she enjoys rifle. She enjoys riflemen or um, appleseed, right? Yeah, Stacy is to the rifle what I am to the pistol. Exactly. She's good at it. She's confident in it, and she enjoys it. Comfortable, yeah. Yeah. She's not comfortable with the pistol. Yeah, you put her on the pistol line, and she complains like you putting me on the appleseed line. Exactly. So, uh, you know what? I said, you really, really need to do this. And do you know how many times she asked me to to take her off the list before? Lots. I know. And so you told her, no, you have to do it. Kevin told her, you have to do it. Jay told her, you have to do it. So everybody was telling her she had to do it. And she was glad she did it. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the course, she's going... And she, she said, I'm much better than I was at the beginning, and I feel more confident. And she did really well the next day at the charity shoot on the pistol portion of it because of the fact that her confidence was built as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You, so, yeah. you got to get out of your comfort zone or you don't increase your skill level. Right. Exactly. If you're not – if you're comfortable and all that, you're just – why practice stuff that you're – Okay, you're, you're going to continue yep. to be good at it, but the stuff that you're not good at, you're never going to get any better if you don't do it. Exactly. Right. So one of the things that I learned from Rick's handgun course was the power crease. I never used it. I was using the pad of my finger, right? So the power crease is the first knuckle, basically, mm-hmm. on your trigger finger. So I'm going to be using that now instead of the pad because of the fact that I know where the power creases as opposed to the pad shuffling it around and when you have to you get into a situation where you need to use your pistol use the power crease that was a tip that's what i that's one of the things that i took from it so yeah i heard you guys talking about that on uh, on new shooter radio now is that uh is that something that all trainers teach or is that like Mm-mm. some of them some of them train for it and some of them don't because i've heard use the pad and then some people say use the crease uh Everyone. that was uh <clears throat> it's yeah. been my experience adriel that most people teach to use the pad but for some people that need extra strength on a heavier trigger pull Mm -hmm. the power crease is um a preferred method for those people um like if i go to a heavy double action revolver i will creep in towards the power crease more because i'll just get more strength in my finger Mm -hmm. the the it can amplify a muzzle dip kind of flinch thing or no, not so much that. But if you don't have a good support hand, you can manipulate your muzzle if you're using. Yeah, if you're not, you can use the power crease and still pull straight back. But you can use the power crease, and if you're a right-handed shooter, you will pull the muzzle to the left, and yep. it almost make it look like you're flinching and dipping the muzzle, but you're not. You're just not supporting the gun with your support hand, and you're manipulating the muzzle by not pulling the trigger correctly. Right. Now, the reason why I think the power crease is a great idea is because of the fact that hand strength. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. females tend to have a weaker hand strength. So if we're going through something that's consistent, and again, you know, trying to decide, you know, the pad of the finger, where, yeah. So I'm I'm certainly not saying that it shouldn't be used. It it works for some people, absolutely, and it's something that should be explored. We explored it in in MAG-40. I think Masada Yub uses it exclusively. Yeah. So there's no, you can't argue that it certainly does work for some people. Right. And you can pick up any gun basically and be able to use it mm. if you're using that. I think. Yeah. So it's double action. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea of using the the center of the pad exclusively is not correct. It's a myth. Right. Yep. Okay. And other than that, I went to the charity shoot. You know, 
spent some time there, hung out with some gunnies, had a barbecue afterwards. You know, we had story time. I we Gallon, he, <laughs> he, he is unique. He, he, <laughs> he scared some people, I think. I was, I was really, really concerned. So let's Gallon is what we commonly refer to him as. He is a friend of the show. He's he was introduced to us through Matthew. He made an appearance at the first charity shoot that we had up here with Steve Lee. Um, and he's been attending all the charity shoots, and he's been attending all of our training classes. He's a Brinks guard by day, carries a gun by day, and he is um, he's a special, unique individual. And um, yeah, so that's that's who Gallon is. So maybe you can talk a little bit, Kelly, about story time with Gallon. Well, it's become we were, we talk about these traditions that happen at the charity shoot. So Jewel telling a story. That's a tradition. Children's librarian reading kids' books, sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Skippy Jack John. Skippy and what? Isn't it? Who, who is it? Skippy Jim, no, it's John Jones. John Jones. That's who it is. My ears are too big for my head. My head is too big for my body. Yes. I'm a chihuahua. Yes. I'm a chihuahua. <laughs> Anyways, and the other tradition is Gallon telling his stories. They are not children's stories. <laughs> <laughs> Put it lightly. Anyways. There's so, not even a... Uh, a rating for his stories. No, there is. I was really there. concerned about him telling the stories in your backyard because in the neighbors. When, well, <laughs> the neighbors, the people that were there, they don't know him, they don't know us, and you don't get a second chance at a first impression. When Gallon tells the stories, generally they're at my home after the event, and the only people in the room are our closest friends, and we're not really so concerned. Right. Uh, these were new people. These were people we had never met before. These are people that Gallon will never see again, so he doesn't care, and he wouldn't care anyway. Yeah, I was concerned. <laughs> I really was. I kept looking over my shoulder like, oh, my God, I'm mortified right now for these poor people. <laughs> they, they thought it was hilarious. Thank God. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we had Gallon stories. And then the next uh, – oh, we another tradition is also uh, Cards Against Humanity. Mm, that's a new one. <clears throat> Yeah, well, we've started it down in uh, mm-hmm. down in Michigan or Ohio. Yeah, you guys had it down there, and we had it at my New Year's Eve party. And the New Year's Eve party is almost all podcasters from this area yeah. and listeners of the show. Mm-hmm. So I think that's got to yeah, that's got to happen at every event for now on. Yep, and then there's video of uh, yeah Trevor trying to uh, throw Smarties in my mouth, and they're not Canadian Smarties; they're the Rockets. We had. A- great debate on rockets and smart we didn't have a great debate we listened to filthy wine <laughs> i read a half a paragraph off of wikipedia and that was the end of it but filthy's not yeah. letting this go no i know it's all stacy's fault i know but yeah so trevor trevor tried to throw some rockets in my mouth we did have a food fight in your living room i believe you threw handfuls of chips at filthy's helmet yes we did so those were all the traditions that we upheld and made new ones. And now, uh, yeah, next year we're going to see what we, else we can add to it. And that's it. That's all that we did with guns. Because, you know what, we're going to talk about the charity shoot in the main, yeah. in the main yeah. topic. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Let's go on to the upcoming events. So the first one is just an update on the Archie Perry fundraiser. This was uh, the Matador Arms SKS stock and rail. And uh, we actually have a winner. It's, it's the 31st already? <laughs> All right. I guess that one's yeah. dead. Oh, it's yeah, tomorrow. Was... June 31st is tomorrow. Oh, okay. So we're yeah. going to do it a day yeah. early. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> uh, 
the winner is James W. He actually uh, uh, contributed a lot. Significantly. And, uh, yes. yes, so uh, he got a lot of tickets, and uh, therefore uh, he had a really good chance of winning, so he won. Uh, but unfortunately, James, uh, we don't have your email address. So, uh, Long story. Yeah, you're going to have to email us to... Uh, to let us know where to mail all this stuff. So please email us at slamfireradio at gmail.com so we can uh, we can get in contact with you. So it's James W. James W. And he should know his You're last get, name so right. he can Are contact you gonna us. You're going to get like thousands of emails from James W. thinking they're going to have a. <laughs> Anyways. If you email in, you have to <laughs> know your last name. <laughs> That's the rule. <laughs> yeah, that much uh, we do have. Yeah, we do have that bit. Um, yeah, in, in total, it looks like we've raised uh, $530 for Archie, so a good start on his uh, next awesome. gun collection. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one we have here, this was sent in from Jason. This is the 2016 CNSCA Sporting Clays National Championship. That'll be at the Wapiti Shooters Club in Grand Prairie, September 1st to 4th. The next one after that is Fire Art Solutions Training, their active active killer defense course. That'll be August 21st in London, Ontario. The course is $150 or free for teachers and principals, something like that. Yeah, administration. Yeah. Uh, visit FAST's websites, uh, website for details to sign up. <clears throat> the next one we have here is the Practical Shooters of Canada. They're going to be doing the first Canadian Precision Rifle Series. Ah, oh, I want these to happen, uh, like, closer to uh, Alberta. But uh, this one's going to be in uh, Meaford, Ontario. Uh, that'll be at the 4th Canadian Division Training Centre. Uh, the Meaford Long Range Steel Challenge, presented by Insight Arms, will run for September 2nd through 4th. They'll be shooting from 200 yards all the way to 1,700 plus yards. Ah, oh man, I, yeah, I want to do that. Uh, the second will be a practice day. The third and fourth, they'll be shooting uh, 15 to 20 stages. For more information to see uh, the sponsorship list, please visit the Facebook page and website at mlrsc.ca. And we'll grab that one for the show notes because I believe that one's uh, new this week. And the last one here that's uh, new as well, this one's from Jeff. This is the 2016 Algonquin Cup. It'll be taking place at the Eagle Lake Gun Club in Sundridge, Ontario. This will be September 18th. This is a Tier 2 IDPA match. For more information, go to algonquincup.ca, and we'll throw that one into the show notes as well. Uh, this first bit of news, uh, Trevor, did you want to take this one from James? Sure. Um, from James B., Mounties have now released surveillance photos from the scene of an armed robbery in which a man fired two rounds into the ceiling of a Red Deer lounge and fled with the cash register. At about 9 p.m. on Sunday, police say a man carrying a long-barreled gun fired into the ceiling of Hybrid 26, demanded money, and ordered the staff and customers to get on the floor. What is Hybrid 26? Sounds like a... Uh, it's a bar. It's a bar. Okay. Um... It's a bar. It sounds like a book I just read. It's a book. <laughs> RCMP say the suspect fled through the back door with the till and took off in a white 2015 Dodge Ram. If he's driving a 2015 Dodge Ram, why has he got to be stealing money for? That's what I said, but then I read further. Okay. <laughs> that had been reported stolen here on June 20th. <laughs> no one was injured in the robbery. Say that yeah. to the ceiling. 
No, I know. Uh, interesting. <laughs> All right. Kelly, did you want to take the next one here? Sure. It's in regards to S223. Uh, we thought it was dead, but it's uh, it's been picked up again. Um, it was picked up on and uh, on the 21st of uh, June, it was going to have its second reading. However, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it uh, got delayed again. On, the Honorable Joan Frazier is the one that's uh, going to be working on it, it looks like. She said uh, she's still working on her notes, and so uh, she'd like to adjourn the balance of the time for it, but uh, it looks like she might be picking that up again. That was the, that was the what was it called? Uh, the Strength in Canadian Security in Promoting Hunting and Recreational Shooting Bill that uh, Senator Hervu Payette had presented and that we thought was dead. What a but, bit. What a bait and switch title! Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's definitely Orwellian. Yes, it's not no double <laughs> extra double good speak. <laughs> uh, strengthening hunting by taking all your guns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. I wonder. Um, I wonder what those notes say. <laughs> what the heck was this senator thinking? This mm-hmm. thing is crazy. Why are we even bringing this up? <laughs> I don't know. I uh, yeah. You guys talk. I'm going to have a drink because I can't talk. Yeah, you sound a little uh, raspy. Yeah. So the main topic is the charity shoot, and uh, I guess Kelly and I will uh, talk about our memorable moments, and she can maybe get into some of the details and what and how the event was brought together. Uh, sure. The money that was raised, we haven't touched upon that yet. When I say it was the best charity event ever, I mean that across the board. The most amount of participants, the most amount of sponsors, the most amount of prizes, uh, the coolest shooting events, and the most amount of money raised. And um, again, hats off to New Shooter Canada and Kevin and everyone else who had a hand, Wanda and Mike's wife, Sarah, and everybody who had a hand in putting it together because it's going to be hard to top. Well, we're trying to figure out how we're going to do that next year. Already. Well, you don't necessarily have to drop <laughs> it. Because if it comes back to New Brunswick, it's just going to be, you shoot your trap yet? You shoot your silhouette yet? Because we want to go shoot some. Do you remember, Kelly and I, 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 did we do the action shooting match first or last? We did it first. We did do it first. Uh, and then we did silhouette, and then we did... Um, Shotgun ski. simultaneously, and then mm-hmm. when everybody was done that, we just had our fun shoot. Yes. Yeah, that was a good formula. It worked well. Because mm-hmm. I remember before, we couldn't move to the back till everybody, or we couldn't move to the uh, to the action shooting until everybody was done with the fun shoot. But more people, yeah, okay, yeah. So uh, uh, when it comes back to New Brunswick, we'll do that again. I- Ipsic style match first, and then the other things. So which I love, by the way. Yeah, well, it's something different that you don't get to do at every club. So it's kind of a, it's the highlight I think of our charity shoot when we have it here. Yeah. So. Mm. So the one that was just happening, though, it was a good time. Tell- we're still looking. For, we're still looking for feedback from everybody. So before we get started on it, talking about it, can I ask that everybody who did attend uh, try to give us some feedback? So if you're on Facebook, there's a feedback form there. The, so. the good, the bad, the ugly. We can't, as a group of podcasters and charity shoot hosts, we can't grow and get better if we don't learn from our mistakes and what the people Absolutely. liked and what they didn't like, right? Yeah, absolutely, and that's why we're collecting all the information. So the next group of people that do um, host it, mm. we're going to be giving that information to them. Um, what worked, what didn't work, uh, maybe when some of the things that uh, we can, 
you know, not do and other things that, you know what, maybe we should do more of too. So Case, case in point, we changed our format based on feedback we were getting. Right to to put the action shooting match first, and then work our way to the back of the range. Mm-hmm. And that was that was as a direct result of feedback from the shooters. Mm-hmm. So why don't you, uh, in case they haven't heard yet, why don't you announce how much money was raised and who it's going to? Okay, so uh, what had happened was we put it out there to our listeners to choose who they decided. They wanted to usually the charity shoot. We we pick we pick somebody local. Um, we didn't do that this time. We had a couple of different options. We asked for suggestions. Then we had a vote. The vote uh, turned out to be the Soldier On charity. So uh, they're the this year's recipient. They're going to be getting five thousand five hundred dollars. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. So was yeah. was there somebody from Soldier On on hand at the event? Uh, we originally had uh, Jody Minnick that had said he was going to be coming, but he ended up not coming. He uh, went to the AGM, and then he had some issues as well. So he ended up regretfully not coming uh, and that. So we didn't have uh, Soldier On come to the event itself, mm. So, which was unfortunate. So we had asked for somebody to come, but uh, they weren't able to arrange that for us. So, oh, yeah. well. So we're going to try and we're going to try and uh, yeah, I'm still in communication with Soldier on. They wanted to know how things were going uh, with the event, how it went, and, and that as well. So we'll hopefully hear back from them soon. Maybe we can go up there and and present them with the check. Mm. Yeah. Um, sponsors, do you want to ramble off the ones that you uh, do? You have a list, or do you want? Remember? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do have a list. If you give me two seconds, sure. I can pull yep. them totally up. Uh, but yeah, there was a ton of them that were that were that came to the shoot. Some of them actually even so they came, and then some that actually donated prizes as well. So um, the ones that came, do you want to talk about uh, the people that you got your spather break from and? Yeah, well, uh, and all that. While I find the list, Ryan McLeod was there from. Um Tactical, why can't I never remember the name? Highlander Tactical. Highlander Tactical, thank you. They make the coolest Kydex products, a variety of different colors. They make mag pouches for ARs and pistols. They make uh, inside the waistband for appendix carry. They make outside the waistband for competition. Um, I held the products in my hand. They're not just made in a in the basement with a heat gun and a sheet of Kydex. He's got... Uh, it's got quite the process going on there and some real quality products. And, of course, Simon was there. It was a pleasure to meet him. S&J Hardware has been around for a long time. He had a variety of his products on the table. And CDN Gunworks was on hand showing the um, nickel boron. Is it nickel boron, the plating that they're doing? Where they're, it's, they're putting a plating, a coating. They're coating. Yes. Pro, they're coating bolt carrier groups and bolts and barrels and they had on hand um the war the prep work that goes into coating one of these barrels is insane and they had um thomas's uh grand power excalibur barrel there polished to a high sh- a high gloss finish like it was crazy he could have used that's a cerakote coating that they put on there right uh yeah, it is. they're gonna cerakote his barrel no, you don't serve mm, no. the barrel. No, that's mostly that what a, they're doing for for no. coating CDN. Sorry. They're also doing a no, no. They're doing like a special finish on bolts and bolt carriers as well. Ah. 
if you look at the, the God help me, they do nice SKS work. They've got SKS bolts that are uh, coated. They're coating 870 bolts and the bolt carrier and stuff like that. Now, have you ever seen the um, the STI DVC line? You know, so, yeah. yeah, it's like a, a, a titanium nitride. Or, yes, or thank you. Like Those that. are the big words I can't remember. Ah, okay. Yes, that's, yeah, that's a really hard coating. Yeah, that's the coatings that they're doing on barrels and bolts and bolt carriers. So they had some of those on hand. And now Simon, when he's doing the M14 guide rod and spring, they're replacing the spring with a better quality spring, and they're putting that nitride coating on the uh, on the guide rod, spring guide. So who else, Kelly? Yeah, so uh, we had the Brockville District uh, Fish and Game Club. They donated the range for free, so that Cur- was awesome. Curious, what would that range have cost? Two fifty. Oh, that's decent. We're two hundred yeah. a day, so that's that's yeah. awesome. So yeah, uh, Bullseye London. They gave us a gift certificate. Uh, Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights. They made a donation. Thank you guys. And they showed up as well, whole team. And we had uh, CSSA. They did a donation, and also the uh, Canadian Firearms uh, Institute as well. Piper showed up, and she was giving out she had uh, gifts earrings. for everybody. Yeah. And you know what the other thing that she did was? Mm. Uh, Ronan was there with her. She she partnered with them, and they donated a pistol. So it's anybody – go ahead. I know. I just, that's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. So anybody who went over and uh, bought a membership from them, she donated the cost of the membership to back to Soldier On, and then she also put that person in a, a draw for um, the pistol. Wow. So, yeah, you got a membership, you got a chance to win a pistol, and we got the money from it. So, it was awesome. Hmm. And she also gave out earrings, and the earrings are um, Head, casings. Yeah, casings, the uh, head stamp. Yeah, so I got a pair, Every, all the ladies got a pair, so it was quite nice and that, too. So, uh, so as you were talking about, Gunworks came, CD and Gunworks. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Anderson Wanted to be, give him a little bit of a, well, not a little bit, a huge shout-out. Um, he donated all of the trophies and the medals that were won. Again? So, yeah. So we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't put out any cash for it. He is the one that got that all done. So did it was you, awesome. Did you mention CCFR? I did. Oh, okay. You weren't listening, though. Yeah, sorry. But, I was probably yeah. getting a beer. Uh, okay. <laughs> so the, Yeah, so they arranged their AGM around the charity suit, and so that allowed all the directors to come as well. So mm. Trace, Tracy was Tracy Wilson was instrumental in spearheading that. So She was instrumental in spearheading almost everything that had to do with the AGM. Mm-hmm. She's an amazing woman. She didn't stop. Oh, man, she's going to hit a wall and just, like me, she probably slept for days. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, we uh, we had the tent and selling shirts, and all the boys were there wearing their shirts. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yep. it was awesome. Yep. They're coming out SummerSlam as well, doing the same kind of thing. Oh, are they? Yeah, Morley and Tracy will be on hand with the tent and the brochures and the shirts, and they put a gun on the prize table. I mean, Excellent. yeah, so if you're listening and you have an event coming up, a major event, something like the Cherry Shoot, a major match, whatever, um, and you're looking for sponsorship, drop the CCFR line. Uh, new organization, less than a year, really trying to get on the ground at these events to get our name out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you can volunteer as well as a field officer or anything, go to these events at the moment. Yeah, well, yeah. then, I mean, these events, everybody from the president on down is a volunteer. 
Yep. So it can't happen without volunteers like you and Adriel and people stepping up to be field officers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some of the other uh, sponsors that came on board were Double Tap Sports, EM uh, Precision Rifles, Fire Art Solutions Training. Uh, yeah, Rick was amazing. Not only did he have uh, the handgun fundamental course the day before and was out in the sun the whole entire time, and when I say out in the sun, it was 29 degrees and sunny, sunny, not a cloud in the sky, right? And he was out there for eight, ten hours, um, just going over handgun fundamentals with everybody. So he was amazing, but he also donated back his fees back to Soldier On as well, and anything that he sold as well. So, yeah. Uh, so we have Firearms Outlet, Gravel Agency. They donated uh, the Remington Bolt Action 783 with a scope on it as one of the prizes. Uh, Gunmart, um, you talked about Highlander uh, Tactical, which was Ryan. Ryan, I was so impressed with Ryan. He came over and said, hey, how you doing? Need anything? Just let me know. So... Um, Hudson Supplies, they uh, gave us some some supplies and that too as a prize. Uh, Quarth Group, um, they had the Leopold Scope. Brian brought them on board, so I'm very thankful for Brian for that. Lance Shooting Supplies. Um, Mario, we talked about Mario Kilkegny. He's the guy that did up the plaques. And, uh, and the plaques were basically a sponsor. They were exclusive to the sponsors, so... Really, really nice plaques. Really nice plaques. They yeah. had the so you guys came up with a logo for this event, which has never mm-hmm. been done before. So it was a, yeah. a microphone, podcasters, cherry network, whatever. It's it's been all over the um, the literature and the website or the Facebook page. So yep. the the plaques given to the sponsors was a wooden carving with that logo on it, and then a mm-hmm. plaque that was engraved on the bottom, and that was all donated. Yeah, That's it was. He amazing. donated. He donated the supplies and he donated his time and and that with that as well, and uh, yeah, and the person that did the the design of the logo and all of the literature and all that that was actually my daughter. So, wow. She, yeah, she went to well, you know, she went to uh, college for that. So she gave back. Sure did. You know, all the money that was spent on college, she helped us out with. <laughs> And every so, time Kelly claims to be younger than me, I want you to all remember she just admitted to having a daughter in college. Carry on. Yeah, so pay for yes. that, aren't I? Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and it, NAS came on uh, board as well. They donated uh, a couple of guns. We had uh, Price Check Ventures that uh, Price Check Price Ventures. Check Ventures. <laughs> you gonna tell that story? <laughs> you gonna tell that? No. No. Okay, moving on. Uh, yes. Price Check is. Uh, why don't you actually? Yes, I know what a press check is. So, why don't you tell that story? So, Matthew and Owen own a company called Press Check Ventures. They do. Uh, the company name comes from the Press Check. So, they sponsored the event by donating some of their magazines. Yes. When the sponsor awards or plaques are being given out, Matthew comes over and we're looking at the plaque and it's very nice and stuff. And he goes, <laughs> have you read it? Oh, no, why? What's it say? And I'm like... Oh my goodness, it says price check. Price check. <laughs> he took a picture of it and sent it to Owen. They thought it was hilarious. And I yeah. said, I can, get, I can get it fixed. And he goes, no. It wasn't until no. we were back at the house. Many, many wobbly pops in. Kevin is finally home, sitting down, relaxing on the floor because there's no seats left. And I'm like, I'm looking at him like, man, this is awesome. And I look at it and I go, Kevin, have you, uh, have you seen this? 
pretending I didn't know it was there. You should have seen his face. He looked mortified. Oh, I felt bad I for you guys. You guys, you guys were the only ones that cared. Matthew and Owen thought it was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious. Price check at the charity shoot. <laughs> I know. Aisle three. <laughs> I need a price check on these mags. Oh, <laughs> uh, listen! If that's the only thing that went wrong, you guys. Are- oh, there was there was plenty more, but anyways, <laughs> a lot of it we hid. Yeah, well, and you hit it, you hit it well because, uh, and that's the thing, right? You guys worry about like I'm the same way. A little thing goes wrong in the background that only I know about. I'm having a meltdown, right? We're on the surface. People are coming and going. They don't know. They don't care. No, it was success. It was hugely successful. So don't worry about a thing. You guys did awesome. Well, you know what? Thanks. You we figured next time we do it. Anyways. Oh, you learn every time, right? Yeah. But next- Kevin's going. Kevin's right now yelling at his radio, going, "Ow!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways. So okay, carry on. Where were we? The reloading podcast. Yes, Mike. So- Mike sent up some money or something. He yeah scales. And patches. Oh, he sent so. up some stuff. Cool. Yeah, some reloading skills. Uh, Rick Kedebeck, photography. Have you seen the f- the pictures? Like, seriously? Yep. Yeah, he, amazing. He's now the official Canadian Podcast Network photographer. He does. He he was at Maple Seed, and he took the pictures for that as well. He, he amazing pictures. Yeah, and he's doing a video as well. So anybody that's interested will set you up with uh, with. Rick, so that you can get copies of that stuff as well. So, yeah. So, if we buy a copy of the video, does a uh, percentage of the proceeds go to Soldier On? Hmm. Maybe we, I don't know. Huh? I haven't thought about that. Huh? Hmm. Hmm. I'm sure Rick could be game for that. I, I think so. Maybe we'll contact him about uh, that. Uh, All right. So, S&J Hardware, Select Shooting Supplies, SFRC. SFRC, uh, they came and so they donated. All kinds of different things. They donated the barbecue uh, so that we could have our barbecue during the shoot. They donated stuff for the airsoft range. They donated, uh, they, Dave, Dave, uh, Dave's one, the gunsmith at SFRC. He actually went down to. Got him went to school with Ken. Call, yeah, Colorado and yeah. went to school with Ken. So he uh, has just uh, retired from the military and, uh, yeah, that's his new. Uh, job in life is to be the the gunsmith at SFRC. So Dave came to the charity event. Ryan asked him to bring the M1919s. They brought two of them. They also donated all the ammo that we used as well. Seriously? Yeah. So all the money that was spent to shoot it went into the charity? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So just wanted a huge shout-out to to Ryan and Marcy and Dave at SFRC. So if you guys need anything, go shop there. Mm. And tell them Podcasting Network, Canadian Podcasting sent you. Exactly. Yeah. So we also had SPATHA, um, and we had Tactical Teacher as well, um, Task Force Targets, who donated the majority of the targets for the event as well. They're amazing. Uh, Trigger Wholesale, uh, they donated two of the guns that we gave away as well. Valkyrie Defense Group. Um, we all know Jason and Brian from Valkyrie Defense Group. They donated um, co- uh, two gift certificates for the courses too. And yeah, Jay Hines is going to be going down to, to see them. He won those, and I was so happy that he won those. He wanted those so badly. A little birdie told me that it, even if he didn't win, some friends were sending him anyway. 
That's correct. There you go. So there you go, Jay. And no nicer guy, right? Yeah, he deserved it. Oh, yeah. So again, Vortex Canada, they uh, gave us some uh, binoculars and hat and package, all kinds of different things. Again, Brian, Brian Boulevard brought them on board, so thank you so much for that. Williams Arms Wolf Ammo, they donated 3,000 projectiles. So, and then uh, Zombie Shooting Supply, they also donated the targets. That's everybody. That's a, a huge group of people that donated supplies. And also, um, you know, prizes. Uh, I think the value of the prizes is well over $5,000. So Amazing. Yeah. So how many, gun, yeah. how many guns in total? We had four guns in total that we gave away. Crazy. That we gave away, plus, plus there was the one that Piper gave away from CFI. Five guns. Yeah. Amazing. So, yep. Yeah, so that was everything with this, uh, the sponsors. So, again, we couldn't have done it without them. Uh, what we did was we sold tickets for it. And to make things, uh, my philosophy was keep it simple, stupid, you know, the KISS mm-hmm, method. Mm-hmm. Keep everything simple. So... Tickets. Everybody got to buy tickets, and you could have a ticket for to shoot the M1919. It was five bucks. Five bucks for the three-gun match, and it was a ticket. And five bucks for lunch, and it was a ticket. And you could buy tickets for the raffles. All the stuff that we just mentioned was on a raffle table. So it was $5 per ticket, and you could put it in whatever bucket that you wanted. Yeah, so, so let's say you wanted uh, the UzCon. You, you gave 20 bucks. you got a handful of tickets, you dropped them all in that bucket, or you spread them out. Yep, that's exactly what happened. It's a great so. way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so um, what do you want to talk about? Course fire? Um, course fire, yeah. The course fire was, yeah, let's let's cover that, and then we can talk about maybe like uh, uh, what we enjoyed the most, memorable moments, people we met, that sort of thing. Sure. Okay, so the course of fire, we had three different stages. Uh, the first stage was the pistol uh, stage. It was up in the pistol house. It's supposed to be 25 meters, but technically it was 23 meters from the pistol house doors. It, to it was lots targets. far. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it was lots far. Um, and it was zombie targets. And again, that was uh, donated by Zombie Supply Canada. So um, I didn't get a chance to shoot it. What did you think of it, Trevor? Um, you know, it was it was fine. It was good. Um, it's similar to what we did the year that it was um, at Andrew Craig's club, and mm-hmm. again, it was one with a cheater pistol. So uh, you know, uh, it was the same cheater pistol. <clears throat> yeah, the same cheater pistol. Thomas uh, actually had time to sight that gun in at that distance on that range. So mm-hmm. you know, and I got no problem with that. I mean, that's great, right? So. The gun was ready, and uh, he was happy to hand it off to Fred, and then Fred was able to uh, get the job done. And the zombie shoot, once again, was one with a red dot compensated twenty-two. It was. Yeah, <laughs> while the rest of us were shooting full-power handguns. Yeah. I, I mean, I had never shot that gun at that distance with that ammo. I had my FN, FNS 9mm with the 4.2-inch one with ammo I loaded up like two days before I gave it to Matthew and mm-hmm. uh, never shot 147 grain bullets through that gun at that distance and everything hit higher than I was hoping. I made good shots. I did my job, but uh, the ammo was just shooting high at that distance. So whatever it is, what it is. Um, it was challenging. You know, you were going weekend, strong hand. Um, it was, it was, it was definitely challenging. I don't think it needed to be at 23 meters. I think 15 would have been plenty, but it's the kind of range where that's yeah that's how it was so, set up. So, 
So let's let's talk a little bit about the range first. It's it was it's a one firing line range. Yeah. So when we were talking about it, yeah, it could it should have been actually a little closer. The target should have been a little closer, but because of the fact with the berms and the firing line, we had to keep it at the twenty three meters. So. so at that particular range, can you never leave the pistol house? You, when you shoot pistol, you always have to be standing inside that building. Oh no! You can actually leave the pistol house, and you can and go, go down like, range. Gotcha. Like, yeah, and go down range right. like we did okay. on Rick's course. Right. Uh, the problem is all yeah. the rest of the firing. We line had a yeah, we had a common firing line, and we <laughs> had multiple stages going on at once. So while I was shooting pistol, somebody could have been down shooting the um, hostage portion and the portion or the MQT at fifty. So we had pistol at twenty-ish meters, an yep. AQT style shoot at. 50 meters, and then a hostage shoot and agony snap yep. at 100. So all on one common firing line. So there was just no no moving the pistol targets any closer or you going out closer to the targets. But, I mean, it still worked out great. Yeah. So that was that. And, uh, Trevor, you you basically gave us the course of fire because of the fact that, yeah, a strong hand we can't and all that, too. Mm-hmm. And Fred, Fred won it. Yeah, so. and I didn't even come in the top three. No, you didn't. No. Who mm. was the top three? There was Fred and Wes. Mm. I think Wes was in there. Wes got two medals, didn't he? Yes, Wes, Wes was in the top three. Yes, Wes got, uh, got uh, two medals as well, and I believe Tyler as well. Wes and his girlfriend came all the way from Regina. Yeah, they did. That's... And Wes... Let's talk about Wes's uh, gun that he offered everybody after we talk about. Oh yeah, so um, be, when the fun shoot started, Wes breaks out a Desert Eagle, not, yes. not just any Desert Eagle, but a Desert Eagle in Fifty Action Express, and not just any Desert Eagle in Fifty Action Express, a gold-plated tiger striped Desert Eagle. Awesome. Yeah, it I was. I saw awesome. some videos, and it yeah. was incredible. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, "You want me to show? You ever shoot it one-handed?" I can't remember. Oh God! Can't remember what he said. I was like, "You want me to show you how to shoot a weak-handed?" So he's like, "All right, big mouth." So we went into the pistol camp, and I shot it uh, three shots weak-handed. Oh really? How did it? How was it? Eh, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Just, just okay. shoot it, man. Just get behind it and shoot it. Yeah. Fifty Action Express weak-handed. Get some. It was the only. It was the only gun that I shot that day. Oh well, you go big or go home. Yeah, and that's. That's exactly it. Yeah. So. so. Okay, so 50 yard was, uh, as Trevor said, it was the AQT style with Army qualifying test. We call it the MQT, or the Maple Seed qualifying test. Um, and we did it, the course of fire was exactly as if you were actually attending an apple seed or a maple seed. Mm. And, that, and 50 yards, it was challenging. Yeah. Uh, Especially if you forgot to adjust your scope and you were shooting it with your 100 yard mark. Oops. Yeah. I discovered it just in time for the bottom portion, the smallest part. Mm-hmm. And I think those were among my best hits. Stacy got six V-Bulls in the, in the bottom portion. Stacy, I think sh- Stacy shot incredibly well. She did? Yeah. But I think she it's, her, Anyways. it's her game. It's, you know, it's her rifle. She knows what's mm-hmm. going on. She's confident. She knows how to adjust things accordingly for different distances. She understands all those funky positions, and yep. she probably had a sling on her rifle, no doubt, that she used appropriately. 
Yes, she did. And she was telling other people how to use them in that as well. One of the things that I wanted to say was uh, there's some people that have given feedback on the MQT. Really appreciate it because of the – and I ran the stage a couple of times uh, while Stacy was going through the course of fire for all the stages. And uh, the feedback has been really, really good because what's happening is we're looking at uh, hosting some maple seeds Mm -hmm. and – in Canada, it's a little different than down in the States. You know, you have to take into account MEG um, limitations and different things like that. So we are going to be making some changes, or we need to make some changes, just to take into account these different things. Because, um, like in the seated or the prone position, or sorry, in the seated position or the kneeling position, uh, you fire off to two rounds and then you do a meg change and then you have eight more rounds well if you're using center fire like an ar-15 or something your megs are pinned at five right okay but obviously it didn't affect me or any of my (laughs) friends because we all had beowulf for lar megs that's true too so anyways it's something to think about it's getting the brains you know the brain churning and and that too because we're trying to get something else going up here in Canada. So. Or we could just rimfire only for the first little while, rimfire only category, and just use your 1022 or your 10-round mech. True. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, you're right, though. Stuff Definitely stuff that needs to be considered. So just, you know, if you're an AR-15 owner and all you have is five-round mags, well, you're a communist, get some Beowulfs. <laughs> and if you're afraid of the RCMP, don't get Beowulfs, get LARs. There you go. Okay, so Patrick, uh, who is uh, Corinne's brother, uh, he won the he won that uh, section or that stage, and uh, Stacy came in second, and I can't remember who came in third. McClatchy. Sorry. Oh, was it Matthew? Yeah. Hmm, okay. Well, McClatchy got third on one of them, and so and Tyler. What did Tyler win? Tyler won the hostage. Yes, he won the hostage, yeah. and he came in and he came in third on the uh, pistol. Third on pistol. Okay, then right. then Matthew got third on the MQT. Right. Okay. And so the next stage was 100 meters, and as Trevor alluded to, it was a hostage stage. So the course of fire was 10 rounds into the hostage. You had five minutes. No, I didn't the hostage. Into the hostage. Oh yeah. Well, there was somebody who shot <laughs> yeah. every single round into the hostage. I think that was Fred. It was. Yeah. <laughs> so you shot it into the hostage round or the hostage taker and then you had agony snap as well brian and brian boulevard and jay hines were working the line and i have to say something i appreciate them so much for doing that uh they they started their drive at 3 a.m wow to get there in time to do this so just a huge thank you and they stayed throughout the whole entire shoot and they also followed me home to make sure that i got home yeah. Which which is kind of creepy. <laughs> could be. Could be. <laughs> think of it as a think of it as a personal escort. It was. I'm glad they escort. came back, and I couldn't believe you know how I didn't when Brian was saying I've got to go, and I was kind of giving him a hard time. I had no idea that he had left home at 3 a.m. God love him. 3 a.m. And they stayed. They stayed fairly late. They did. So yeah. So uh, who are the winners on the hostage stage? Uh, uh, we had Tyler, Tyler. Tyler from the uh, Canadian Patriot Podcast and the International Liberty or Death Podcast, shooting yes. attack twenty one baby in two forty three. I wanted to have a conversation with him about why two forty three. I mean, certainly accurate, but uh, 
I've never seen anyone build a precision rifle in 243, so there's something about that caliber I, I, I need to educate myself on because, uh, yeah, he certainly laid it down. He had some sick, tight groups, and he was using a bolt-action rifle. And so the way the agony snap worked is he had four numbers, four colors, and four shapes. So number one was a red square, and number two was a yellow triangle, and so on and so forth. And so Jay would uh, yell out, square and you had five seconds to acquire the square and shoot it so and he was doing this with a bolt action rifle off a bipod and i think he got all his hits like all the way through it was amazing he did the only one he missed was the hostage shaker one just outside of the kill zone wow probably his first one and then he calibrated yeah so well done yeah yeah Yeah, it was such a great rifle even the cops thought it was cool (laughs) we had a little bit of a problem the Friday. Uh, was it yeah. fri- no, it wasn't Friday. It was Saturday morning. No, no it, was it was Friday, Friday morning. morning. It was Friday morning. Yeah. It was on the. That's right. It was on the way to the uh, RJ course. Yes, it was. Yeah. So both um, Matt, both Tyler Matthew. and Matthew yeah. Wendell from uh, Liberty or Death podcast, uh, they were detained. Detained by the police. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a long yeah. story. It is. And it ended with no charges whatsoever. Yeah. The um, okay, well, okay, real quick. So, <laughs> they were taking their gear from the hotel to their car, and um, I think they were wearing their plate carriers. Yeah, and plate carriers. Tyler had, had his rifle and scabbard rifle. on his back. So yeah. some, are we? Can we say cuck on this show, or is that only on the other shows? Is that do you need to bleep that, Adriel? Anyway, some beta male. <laughs> See, even the dog's upset. So in case you didn't hear that, Kelly's dog was barking in the background. Anyway. Matthew and Tyler are bringing their... And Adriel, you haven't heard the story yet, have you? I don't know if Adriel's still there. Hello, Adriel. He's gone gone to soccer. (laughs) So Matthew and Tyler are bringing their gear from the hotel to their car. And um, somebody doesn't like the look of these... One of the maintenance men. One of the maintenance... I've heard maintenance man. I've heard the concierge. And then I've heard a French guy call the concierge the janitor because it's the same word in French. Anyway, a member of the hotel staff called the police... And the police roll up while Tyler and Matthew are sitting in the car, guns pointed at their heads, fingers on triggers, comply and you will not be hurt. Get them out of the car, put them face down in the dirt, knees and backs, put the bracelets on them, throw them in the backs of cars, separate cars, of course, no air conditioning, windows up while they search the car. The boys offered to show them their paperwork. The cops didn't want to see any of their paperwork. And I have a theory about this. They wouldn't know what they were looking at anyway. And again, to no fault of their own, they're not trained on what they should be checking for. I'm sure some members in some departments are. But anyway, they didn't want to check the paperwork. All they did was spend 45 minutes running serial numbers to see if any of the guns were stolen. There was a question about unsafe storage on a non-restricted firearm. Tyler educated the cop and said, no, officer, it doesn't have to be locked. It simply needs to be unloaded. That's a federal law, transporting a non-restricted firearm. The only stipulation is that it be unloaded. Fair enough, you're right. And at the end of the day, they got kind of friendly, complimented him on his rifle, sent him on their way. Mm-hmm. Yep, and a police officer learned something new. Yeah, exactly. So good on Tyler for educating the police in Brockville. So. Yeah, so that's what happened on Friday. Poor Matthew, he's probably never coming back to Canada. Oh, I think he had a great time. I think so. I'm hoping uh, I was invited uh, to Texas by a friend of the show, Tim Crosno. And uh, if I get down there, hopefully I'll be able to hook up with Matthew as well. 
Yeah. Those guys turned out to be pretty awesome. I was, I was really happy to meet them. I was also on the Canadian Patriot podcast, Canadian Patriot podcast, a couple of weeks ago. Um, building. Oh yeah. Building. You forgot to mention that. Yeah, I did forget to mention that. So it's episode thirty or thirty-one. If you want to see me build a pyramid of beer bottles, you can. Uh, it's on YouTube. No. All right. Okay. I don't blame you. <laughs> it was bad. All right. Back to, yeah. back to the charity shoot. Okay. What else do you want to know about the charity shoot? Um. That's pretty much it, I think. I'm, yeah. It was. What was okay? So, what was it that you liked best about the charity shoot? Well, the probably the shooting event I enjoyed the most was the airsoft. Um, Didn't you poo-poo that originally? Jokingly. Come on, airsoft. Of course I'm going to poo-poo it. I've been making fun of Matthew and Owen for having airsoft guns for years. Um, airsoft, you know, the airsoft has its place as training. And like and like uh, Bolivar said, no wonder the Japanese are all over this. And their, uh, IPSC actually has a rule book called Action Air that's for countries that want to have IPSC but can't have firearms. That was a heck of a lot of fun because I was shooting at air. I was shooting at mini IPSC targets running through the woods. Uh, right. uh, the only thing I didn't have to do was change my mags. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, like, it, you had all kinds of different things. Like, we had clays up. We had moving targets. We had. We tried to make it a little challenging for you too. It was very challenging. Should have been uh, force on force. That'd have been really challenging. Well. Listen, Bolivar and I flirted with the idea, and we came so close, but we just thought maybe it would escalate to blows. Cops being called. Cops being called. Yeah, so we decided. It's been just, a shooting on the shooting range. Yeah, we decided we'd just skip straight to the beers and, yeah. and skip the fighting. So, um, other than that, though, the charity shoot itself—I mean, I loved having. I'm so proud to see CCFR there in mm-hmm. in such a uh, such a strong presence. Um, then it was just reconnecting with some of the friends that I don't get to see very often, like Bolivar, like Rick and Jessica, um, mm-hmm. Stacy, and meeting the meeting the guys from like meeting Matthew and Tyler and and Andrew. Meeting those guys in person was awesome. Um, yeah, and then probably then I just loved going back to your place. And then it was like, okay, it's all over. I know I got a business meeting tomorrow, but then we just stayed up all night and giggled and laughed, and it was just so much fun. Yeah, and that's you get to meet you get to meet some really cool people. You, you really, really do. Uh, like you, we mentioned, Corinne and uh, Wesley, who came all the way from well, they came from Regina, and Rod Gitaka, he came from well, he came from BC, and you had you guys coming from the East Coast. You had Matthew coming from. Texas, so it was a lot of really cool people. People we uh, we had Etienne. Etienne came and obviously from Quebec. He complimented me on pronouncing his name correctly, which is awesome. Oh, cool! <laughs> so he uh, he he uh, he went by Et because he didn't know if people could pronounce say Etienne. Anyways, so Et big shout out to him because of the fact that you know what he was pretty cool and uh, yeah I. I really enjoyed meeting new people and that. So we had all kinds of different things going on. Like we even got people to do the podcast, uh, uh, podcasters charity shoot playing cards game. And we got people to basically go and get all the podcasters that were on the playing cards to sign their name. And uh, Corinne won a pack of those. And so did 
AT or AT. You got a pack of those. So it's just, you know, we were trying to encourage people to go and, and see people. And I like the fact that uh, we had vendors there this year, like people like uh, Piper and uh, we had uh, all of the guys from S&J Hardware, Canadian Gunworks. And uh, even Ryan popped by for a little bit just to say hi. Did he really? I didn't get to meet him. Yeah, he did. I also he, didn't get to meet that Michael guy. Oh, I can't remember his last name, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, the uh, Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights, they set up a big, huge booth, and it was just so nice just to go and say hi to everybody and all that. That's, like, I didn't get much of a chance to shoot guns. As I said, I only got to shoot Wes's uh, Desert Eagle, but and that was amazing. Um, but yeah, the best part about it for me was, you know, getting to see people that I haven't uh, seen in a long time, and then also, you know, meeting new people. So, yeah. So, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to ask if there was anything that you didn't really particularly like, or you'd like to see it change for next time. Um, as uh, because of the way the range was laid out, there was uh, quite a bit of a delay in shooting. Yeah, you waited. You waited uh, quite a bit to to shoot, and the day went on for a long time, and it was really hot. And then I think we did the awards, then the fun shoot, right? Yeah, we did that. And because, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then it was like the awards kind of finished the day for me. Yep. And I was so hot and so tired that I was like, fun shoot, fun shoot. I need to get back to Kelly's house and have a shower. So I like kidnapped a driver and said, get me out of here. Yeah. And, uh, and so I don't know if a lot of people bothered to stay around for the fun shoot portion because it was at the end of the day and we had already done the awards and it was a long day already. And I mean, some people could got after it and had some fun, but. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. There was a lot of people that uh, did exactly that. Like we changed the we changed it up a little bit for because of the fact that people it was getting hot and people, you know, wanted to know if they wanted anything. So let's just do the raffles and then the fun shoot happens. That makes so, sense. Yeah. People that want to go. Yeah, that yep. makes sense. That was yep. a good decision then. Oh, okay. Um, Thanks. <laughs> no, well then now I, now I understand the rationale behind it. So it's, yeah, that no, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Why make them wait around if they're not going to take part in the fun shoot? That's a good idea. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um, and it, and no, yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, and it was still so 32 degrees and again, sunny. Mm. How many people did you have uh, register and show up? Okay, so we had 75 people pre-register, and we had about that. Uh, there was a few walk-ons and that, and a few people that didn't show up. So there were 75 people that uh, came to the event, and of those people, 45 of them uh, took part in the actual shooting. There's other people, like the majority of you guys from the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights didn't take part in the shooting, but, you know, hung out. And we also had the vendors and different things like that as well. So, And then the volunteers, uh, that some of them did pre-register, but they didn't actually shoot too. So, mm. yeah, yeah. Well, listen, so. I mean, I'm going to say it one lot. You guys need to be incredibly proud of the job that you did. It You practically doubled the number of participants that we've ever had you've tripled the money almost just amazing well actually more than think about it we had two grand last year 
the 2300 I think, but that was from two years back-to-back because we didn't get the money given away the year before because we couldn't connect with those people at the uh, Autism uh, Society. So, yeah, amazing, amazing. Yep. Well, thank you. appreciate it. I know that Kevin, uh, especially, I have to give him, you know, recognition and shout-out because... Yeah, he lived and breathed, as I said, mm. charity shoot f- and, for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, especially within the last couple of weeks. And it showed. I mean, I did I did what little bit I could. I gave him a Tango Yankee chip. I gave him the uh, Trevor's Choice Award. Uh, Can you explain that a little bit? Okay. How it became a Trevor's Choice Award. <laughs> well, Christ- Christopher Anderson. Love him. Yeah, Christopher Anderson has a... Um, he buys the trophies, and there's a whole bunch of different categories. The biggest trophy of all is the McClatchy Shot Award. Right. And the McClatchy Shot Award goes to the person with the lowest score. So what we do is we take the people with the three lowest scores, and we make them play rock, paper, scissors in a, round, in a single elimination. And the person who finally wins the rock, paper, scissors gets the honor of getting the McClatchy Award, the McClatchy Shot Actually, Award. No, no that's not it? They lose rock, paper, scissors. It's the loser. The lo- of course it's the loser. <laughs> right. Yeah, so Fred Fred was in there, and Fred won and was happy to walk away, right? Yes. All right, so the loser of the loser gets the McClatchy Shot Award. And then right. we have the... Um, so do you want to mention who was this year's winner? Uh, was it not Wes's wife? Yeah, so Corinne. Corinne, yes. Corinne, she won it, and she was so happy. and ex- Like I, I said to her, you do realize this is probably the most coveted trophy in Canada, right? <laughs> next, she, next to the Grey Cup. Yeah, or the so Stanley she, Cup. she secured it to, in her car, put uh, seatbelts around it, made sure that it was uh, nice and secure for the drive back to, to Regina. So, And then we have um, uh, top Canadian podcaster, top American podcaster. Right, so top Canadian podcaster, you won that. Mm-hmm. No, barely. You almost got it. So it was, a, it was a, a fight to the death between you and I. Well, I was going to mention it was the horse's ass. <laughs> it is. It is in the shape of a horse's ass. Um, so, and then there's um, top American, top Canadian, and then there's the um, international. International, right? And then there's yeah. the um, person who traveled the farthest to get there. Yeah, so uh, Matthew Wendell won both the top American podcaster, uh, so he got a horse's ass as well, and he also got the person that traveled the furthest. I think, actually, really, if we go by the rules, that wasn't correct, because he flew, but he got it anyways. Ah, whatever. Yeah. Those whatever. rules are pretty long. Yeah, no. Chris Franchin and- includes a bunch of rules with the trophies. <laughs> um, yeah. And then there was... Um, a top American went to Stacy. Stacy for her yeah. work with the Arm Scrolls Project. That's correct. And then there's Matthew's Choice Award, Owen's Choice Award, and Trevor's Choice Award. Now this goes back to when we were hosting the show or the uh, charity shoot, and the trophies were ordered before it was decided that the podcast was going to go anyway. Whatever the story is, there unfortunately. The trophies arrived this year with Owen, Trevor, and Matthew's names on them. No, it actually Owen wasn't on. Adriel was. Oh, Adriel was on it. Yes. Really? Yes. And that's so why I had eight. That's why I had Adriel. The cutout of Adriel. Right. Okay. Him. Yeah. So, I, I, anyway, I. <laughs> Yay! So the Trevor's Award, the Ma- the Matthew Award, and the Adriel Award. We uh, we get to use our own discretion 
to choose somebody in attendance at the event. Could be a podcaster, could be a listener, whatever, who we feel is uh, worthy of being recognized for whatever reason. And uh, hands down, mine went to uh, Kevin for all of his hard work at the charity shoot. Um, Matthew chose Rick for all the contributions that Rick has done in the training community over the last couple of years. And who did Adriel award it to? So, Adriel, you awarded yours to Filthy. Of course. For for doing a a cardboard cutout of you. <laughs> and everybody else who comes to the sh- doesn't come to the shoot gets uh, cardboard cutouts. So yeah. Any other awards? No, I think that's, that's it. it. Okay. Excellent. Yes. So that uh, so I think uh, we can at least say this: it will remain in Ontario next year, and more details to come. Yes, but please fill out the feedback sheet because the more feedback we have, the better it'll be for you guys next year. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and uh, next year, Adriel, you got to come. Hey, uh, do it in the West Coast. <laughs> Are you volunteering? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Adriel, if if, uh, if I get my way, the uh, AGM will be in Calgary. Well, I'll, I'll have to go to that one then. I yes. won't have an excuse. Nope. Yeah. No. Okay. Awesome. Well, let's move on to uh, listener feedback then. Yes, please. Uh, this one, first one's from Mike. He says, uh, just listened to the new episode on the AR-15. Wondering if any of you have had a chance to work with one of the new Leitner Wise rifles. Trusting your expert opinions. Thanks, uh, Mike from Calgary. Now, I went and took a look at these uh, rifles, and it's uh, pretty boutique-y. Uh, uh, pretty, uh, pretty pricey rifles and uh, very, very expensive. <laughs> have you guys seen them? I haven't seen them at all. Oh, so. they're uh, they're really uh, they're really up there, and um, I don't know. You know, there's there's just so many really good ARs out there that uh, I mean, those uh, they they might be really cool, but uh, I think there's there's a lot of other really great ARs out there. I personally have no experience with them. I haven't even seen them for sale. And when I went to the website, I didn't see any complete uh, rifles uh, up, up for sale there. But I no, guess they, I'm just having a look now, so. It says one of zero, and there's there's nothing there. <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, there's there's lots of ARs out there. Personally, I would go with something that's a bit more of a, a well-known name, just so you can get. Uh, I don't know. Like my my first question would be, what about warranty? Is warranty covered here in Canada? Um, do they have a local distributor? All that kind of thing, right? Yeah, they're very nice looking, though, right? It's a yeah. it's a very fancy website, which which kind of tells me that maybe they're going for a, a more premium. Uh, uh, model kind of a thing. Yeah, but, they're not Narenkos. <laughs> no, not Narenkos. There are a bunch of like really great ARs though that are that are here in Canada. We, you know, we've got Daniel Defense, we've got uh, yeah. we've got Colt Canada, which are amazing rifles. So I'm just not sure if I I, I really see the need to uh, uh, to have other fancy premium brands here. Um, you know, anything. If you get too fancy with an AR, you start putting proprietary parts on it. If you start putting proprietary parts on it, it's no longer a platform. Like I think the the cool thing about it is that it is a platform. You can uh, plug and play your parts, but uh, you can't do that if you get into something that's a little bit more uh, custom and that kind of thing, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Kelly, did you want to take this next one from Rob? Uh, sure. Uh, this is from Rob, and he. Uh, you got to well, do it with the accent. I can't make it up. He's he, he's he's. 
British. G'day, guys, he's and British? Kelly. He's British. He's but he. Oh God! Yeah, yes, sorry. Never mind. Did you yep, not read yep, the whole yep, thing? Yep, sorry. <laughs> Just a quick email to say how much I enjoy the show and a few random rambling thoughts. Uh, found the podcast thanks to hearing Trevor on the Reloading podcast. Then realized I recognized the theme uh, tune and Matt from following both him and Steve Lee on YouTube. So now I'm working on my way through the entire back catalog on the drive to and from work and the new episodes while reloading 9mm for my new found hobby of IPSC. Uh, just so you know, um, where I stand on things in my years in my years shooting long guns, I've never had the pleasure of shooting a semi-automatic rifle. Thanks, uh, Jackboot Johnny Howard. I don't know what that's ref- referring to. Do you guys know what that's referring to? Jackboot Johnny Howard. Mm-hmm. Nope, I'll have to Google it. Okay. John Howard's so, a politician, but uh, yeah, I don't know the rest of it. Okay. Jack booted thugs. I've heard that before. That's an oh, it was uh, Howard the uh, uh, politician in the UK that, uh, uh, or Australia that uh, limited things more? Got, That's got, probably it. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but we'll keep campaigning to get them back available for hunters and sports shooters. Hell now. Uh, they want to take all the lever actions, yes, all, even the 22s, as they're uh, dangerous rapid fire, almost semi-automatic. Hell, in some states, the new Ruger Precision Rifle is banned because it kind of looks like an AR military um, gun. Let's just say that if you think uh, you think, it, let's just say if you think you have things bad, check out our gun laws. Less um, said on on this, the better. If I keep going on, Ozzy. On about Aussie gun rights. Uh, this email will be longer than one of Trevor's What I Did in Guns intros. He's tri- he's right about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Spent the last eight months after finding out we had a local, fairly one hour away, local pistol club uh, getting the paperwork, uh, fingerprints, police check, license application sorted for my Category H handgun license and sh- shooting as many different handguns at the club. So, my thoughts on some of that. Uh, I've been, I've had the pleasure except uh, one of shooting. Okay. So, 1911s, mainly tenfold Leo. Love the triggers, but not a fan of the grip. Uh, Just can't get uh, them comfortable in my hand. Only shot them in 9mm and 38 Super. So, reserving full judgment until a shot of 45, but can see the action. Uh, Attraction. S&W uh, 686 38357 uh, love it mm-hmm. uh, near bought one until found near fa- near bought one until found ipsic hmm. still maybe uh, for target uh, competitions as i uh, bought uh, loading dies cases projectiles etc already you got so you got to get one i shoot ipsic but i've got one i absolutely love my 686 so Ruger 2245, use one uh, every other week for target competitions. Happy if I can beat 300 at 600, depending on which club I get, uh, gun, which gun club I get. Um, the Glock 17, would be happy if I've never shot one again. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> that may also explain why he doesn't like the Tanfoglio. They have a very, very similar grip angle. Okay. So... Unloaded, uh, felt like a toy, uh, totally top-heavy, still unbalanced, uh, loaded, and uh, with the worst trigger I've ever felt. Gritty, long, spongy, just blech. Uh, the CZ75 SP01 Shadow, uh, love it, love it, fits my hand perfectly. Uh, first handgun I used that 
every one of my uh, first uh, 50 shots were on paper at 25 meters. Trigger great balance. Trigger, great balance, great, and as the IPSC guys at the club all pretty much said, if you're not sure what to buy and want to learn IPSC, buy a CZ-75 and shoot production. I ordered the Aussie Special Edition, uh, which I found in stock and on sale for $400 to $500 less than anywhere else, uh, but the gold grips have to go. So please keep up the good work, and thanks for all the entertainment, education, and inspiration. Yes, Trevor, I used that message that in my message to the Reloading podcast a few weeks back. Um, from down here in Australia, I refuse to use anything Apple, so I won't uh, leave any iTunes reviews, but I'll give you five gold stars. You can add those, Adriel, to the end. Two kangaroo thumbs up. Um, do they have thumbs? They, yes, they do. We have two kangaroo thumbs. That's awesome. Yeah. Better go shoot one to check just a few uh, <laughs> <laughs> few things tasty as room meat, eh? And a dead dingo's donger. Oh, says. I don't think we want that. We're going to forget that. <laughs> dead dingo's donger. Yeah. yeah. So it says, regards, Tom. And he says, Piet. P.S. Matt, don't try to read this email in your butchered attempt at an Aussie accent. Well, didn't get either of those, Matt, or the Aussie accent. Uh, I'm from Yorkshire in northern UK. I saw the light and emigrated 10 years ago. And then it also says, P.P.S. Goodnight, Kelly. <laughs> I love that from from Australia. So, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. Actually, in Australia, it would be morning right now. Would be. So, good morning, Kelly. Good morning. <laughs> awesome. Good morning, Rob. Trevor, okay. do you want to take the next one here? From no, Rick I'm going to take Dave's. <laughs> oh, you're ruining the order. I know. <sighs> Your OCD is going DCO. I <laughs> uh, just don't want to read the long one. That's right. All right, from Gray Zone. Really enjoy the show and the female perspective. So right off the bat, two thumbs up. Ah, two more. I've been shooting for about 30-plus years now, but just recently got into IDPA. That changed everything for me. Blasting holes in paper is a lot more fun when drawing from a holster and shooting tactical sequence, etc. But after ringing metal at TDSA's AP1, that's a whole different ballgame. Now my wallet's hurting from recent acquisitions of an AR M305 590A1, but I guess that's just the way, way it goes when you get the bug. I've got a couple of questions for Kelly, but hey, you guys can chime in too. I've got a Ruger 1022 that I've owned for over 30 years, my first gun, and while I love it, my eyes ain't what they used to be. To be honest, I never really found the stock sights that great, but nowadays I can't shoot worth uh, something uh, using them. <laughs> I'm not going to bleep. <laughs> my long distance vision is still 2020, but close up sucks. Without going to a scope, I'd like to use this gun for small game. Uh, what would you recommend to make it usable? What I found on the internet doesn't look all that promising in terms of being an actual upgrade. So do you want to address that before we go on? Okay. So one of the things that he's looking to do, I read a little further into the email, he's looking to use the 1022 for potentially maple seed or something. Um, when he says that he, you know, he up close sucks. So I wanted to know kind of like, what does up close mean? Does that mean 25 meters? Does it mean 100 meters or, or whatever? Um, one of the things that tech sites might work for him. Yep. So um, 
yeah. So tech sites might work. I use a uh, scope on mine, and it's a two to seven. So, but he's saying that he doesn't want to use scopes. So. I'm thinking the best thing for him would be actually Texites. And if you want to go a little further and he's asking about maple seed, um, we can give him a little bit more information about that too. So what do you guys think? Texites were my recommendation. Um, and then if not Texites, um, maybe a red dot. Cause that's I was, not I was thinking a red dot. It's not a scope. Okay. But if you want <laughs> to stay in iron sites, and I don't know, Kelly, you can speak to the rules in apple seed and maple seed. Maybe a red yeah. dot's not an option. He can use red a red dot, um, which is fine. But uh, it's yeah, we found that people that were using red dots, uh, they didn't work so well. So if you do, because he wants, as he said, he wants to use it uh, for maple seed. Um, yeah, Texites, that would be my that'd be my recommendation. And I would, and if not Texites, if you did want to go with like a a front fiber optic, get the smallest mm-hmm. one that you can because a fiber optic on the front of a 1022 is generally quite large. And when mm-hmm. you're aiming at that small, you can't see you it. You can't see it. It's going to completely block out the entire target. All right. So, okay. So, Appleseed does sell tech sites. And if you go into the, uh, you go into Appleseed uh, project and you go into the store, they're on there. The problem is they won't ship to Canada. So what you have to do is get the 1-800 number, and instead of ordering online, call the 1-800 number, give them your credit card number, and they will ship it to Canada. So Or give them your neighbor's credit card number. Okay. <laughs> Just even better. Or have it shipped to Stacy. Anyways. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. He continues, I'm also intrigued by your comments on the Magpul stock for this gun, but can't decide if I want to lose the stock wood stock. The problem I find with the wood stock is that the mounting screw or bolt on the underside keeps coming loose. And I read somewhere that this needs to be a certain amount of torque for best accuracy. That seems to be a bit finicky for what I want to use it for. Uh, Which brings up the next question. Using this gun for maple seed, uh, what would that affect your thoughts on sight optics for this gun? When is maple seed coming uh, uh, going to happen here in Ontario? I'm writing this from the Big Smoke. I believe I sent an email from the webpage a while back, but never received any reply. I'd really like to learn from the maple seed experience, and would gladly help out if there is anything I could do to get things rolling. Thanks, Gray Zone. Okay, so I have a couple of things. So the Magpul stock, I love mine, and the reason is because it's adjustable. You can put in um, cheek risers and different things like that. You can get quick disconnects, and and that for your your sling. So it's great. Um, it, you know, if you want to keep your wood stock, keep your wood stock, uh, or you can switch it out so that yeah, so that you can use the Magpul stock. I love. You want to keep your black and white TV? Keep that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, hey. Magpul um, is the flat screen of stocks. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and there's so much you can buy for it and trick things out and make it so much mm. easier. And that he's talking about the manual uh, screw, the bolt on mm. the underside. Uh, that would be fixed if you actually bought the Magpul stock because you can buy you know, uh, quick disconnects and slings, swivel swings, screws, and all kinds of different things. But if he wants to just uh, tighten that screw up and use some Loctite, then he's probably got that fixed, too, if he doesn't want to change out his wood stock, right? Yeah, and if the wood stock, if the screw that's holding the receiver into the wooden stock yeah. is getting loose, 
Um, yep. Wheeler Engineering makes a inch pound torque wrench, and you can find out the manufacturer specification what that should be screwed to. I know on yep. a full size, like some of my rifles, it's 60 inch pounds. I don't think on the 1022 it would be, but you can find out what that number is and then dial it in with a inch pound torque wrench. Mm-hmm. Right. So he want, it, he's asking about maple seed specifically. We already talked about the optics and and sights on the gun. So my recommendation is go with the optics. Or like a, I have my vortex scope. I love it. It's ten. It's uh, two to seven. Or you can do the tuck sights. Uh, and then he's saying he's writing from the big smoke, so he's in TO. So yeah, we can always, uh, um, you know, if you want to help out, we would love it. Uh, the website itself is not uh, often monitored. The person that put that up, I hit that sluggo if you go onto the forums. Uh, I think since you have Gray Zone as your name, uh, you've been on the forums. Uh, you can send messages there uh, to either myself, I'm New Shooter Canada Girl, or, or NSC Girl, or um, uh, Redcoat72. You can message us there or sluggo. Uh, yeah, Sluggo originally set up the web page. He uh, he is often out of the country and has no access to emails, and so it hasn't been monitored at all. And we're trying to connect with Sluggo so that we can get this maple seed up and rolling. We would be having it here in Ontario first, and then spreading it once we actually get things set up. So, if you want to contact me, or uh, I can also send you an email, and yeah, we can you know see about getting the maple seed up and rolling so yeah awesome well this next one wasn't uh like this was actually just a conversation i was having with dave just before the show and he was uh wondering if we could talk about it a little bit and i was wondering a little bit too because i'm not quite sure about the legalities around this but uh dave got one of those the, the same shotgun that i got actually the magfed uh grizzly and he was wondering if it's legal to add a factory short barrel to it or it had to come from the factory that way so i guess there's two shorter barrel lengths that they could go with a 12 inch which would uh, take it right to the front of the pump, and then there was an eight. I believe that uh, Canon Ammo had an eight-inch Grizzly, but I'm not sure how that would work on this one. So he's wondering if he can change the barrel on the shotgun, make it short. Make it short. I mean, he can. He can't cut the barrel himself. We all know that silly rule. You can buy a shotgun with a short barrel, but you can't cut yours to a certain length. But anyway, um, he, if it's uh, he has to stay above the minimum length for a non-restricted firearm right so even uh you've got your semi-automatic length that has to have a barrel of 18 and a half inches and then the overall length of any other bolt action pump action whatever is still i believe don't quote me on this 26 inches so if he puts a barrel on there that makes the overall length of the firearm less than 26 it's going to become a restricted firearm so uh just with the factory stock on the grizzly i've just got i've got my tape measure out here 26 inches looks like it would give me a five and a half inch barrel. So there, you can get quite short. You can get short enough where the pump won't even fit on there, right? Yeah. So find out what the minimum length is for a non-restricted firearm, and stay above that, and you're fine. There we go. And when in doubt, now, call the Canadian Firearms Sarah St. P. Canadian Firearms Center. Now is he asking if he can do it himself or if he has to have somebody else do it? Well, I he think can do legally. Can do it himself. It's a question of. Dave was wondering if it was legal, so I think he's just worried about the legality, not whether or not it's legal if he does it or legal if uh, it doesn't matter who does the work with regards to whether or not it's going to change classification. Right. Okay. That's how I interpret the question, but maybe we can get clarification from him if need be. 
All right. So let's move on to iTunes. Adriel, join us whenever you can. Uh, <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> you get back? For how long? Let's find out. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'll take- let's see what Enlightened One said. Let's try. Oh, yeah, you've, you've got that. I, I was, I was going to try to read that, and uh, you've got it. Yeah, Enlightened One. Uh, five stars. Best podcast ever. To Trevor, you're right. It is stars, not thumbs here. You'd be, you'd better be happy. Oh, cut out. Pick it up where you left off. You better be happy, as this is the first and likely the only re- review I will ever submit on iTunes. I think we'll have uh, the listeners. Uh, I think I will have. I can't speak tonight. I think I will have to listen to all the episodes by mid summer. Uh, the girls and guys here. Ha- uh, yeah, you might as well pick this up. You want to pick it up? Because oh, I can't read this. Goodness. I'm going to start it all over. <laughs> Why don't you start yeah. it all over? Review. Sorry, enlightened one. I can't read tonight. I think I'm still recovering from this weekend. Go. All right. Um, to Trevor. You're right. It is stars, not thumbs here. You'd better be happy, as this is the first and likely the only review I will ever submit on iTunes. I think I will have listened to all the episodes by midsummer. There you go. The girl and guys here are informative and insightful. I really like it when they have a guest when they have guests on, which helps mix it up from Trevor's talks about bows and arrows. How does one slam fire a bow, Trev? LOL. If you haven't listened, you're missing out. And that is from Enlightened One. And thank you for making the effort to log on to the iTunes and give us a review because it is a pain. Um, the last time I logged on was to give a review for Canadian Patriot Podcast. And I, there are other podcasts, Canadian pro-gun podcasts and American ones that I listen to that honestly haven't gotten a five-star review from me because it's such a pain to navigate iTunes. So Enlightened One, thank you for the effort. And uh, so now we have five stars and thumbs from the same guy. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Kelly, are you done stroking out? <laughs> no. No. Okay. So, do you want to do you want to talk about Lithuania? Lithuania. Yes. How do you pronounce it, Kelly? <laughs> I said Lithuania. 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 I can. Lithuania. Yeah, I can read it. I can pronounce it now because I read it off an archer's jersey at a World Cup. Before that, I, it's like I'm. I'm Stand there up and down the line, kind of feeling way out of place because I'm at a World Cup and I shouldn't be. I'm like Johnny Archery Tourist. Look at me, I'm at the World Cup. If anybody asks, I'll tell them I'm a water boy. Anyway, um, <laughs> this archer walks by with uh, a Lithuania jersey on. Did you ask him how to pronounce it? That was, Well, no, but I just I think it was a her, actually. And oh. I was probably checking her out and then read, read Lithuania on her shirt. And I was like... That's how you pronounce it, because I could never. There's a couple of words in the English language that escape me, and Lithuania was one of them. Wow. You sure it wasn't her name? I Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> so this one comes to us from STR Quark. Quark. Star, yeah. Star Quark. Star Quark. All right. Mm. So title, Nice Podcast by Some Crazy Canadians. So as an Ipsic shooter slash firearms enthusiast from Europe, Lithuania, I am interested in what it is like to be in this hobby in other countries. This is one of my favorite podcasts. The episodes are interesting, funny, and even silly sometimes, like this time right now. Actually, all the time and all the other times, like right now. But always fun to kick back and listen to. The hosts have great chemistry and interesting personalities, and that is important. That is an important factor if you are stuck listening to them for an hour. Keep up the good vibes. 
Thank you very much. And you know what? I would love for this person to write in the show and tell us some of their experiences with firearm laws in Lithuania because I have no idea what the gun laws are like over there. Obviously, they can shoot bows because, you know, archery. But, um, yeah, so please, if you're listening, write in and tell us, uh, you know, what Ipsic is like over there, of course. And obviously, you can own a handgun. Um, and then what you had to go through to get your handgun, stuff like that. Right, is it better than Canada or worse than Canada? I'd love to know. And the listeners are probably also curious. So, yeah. Yeah, you did a good job with that. Yeah, I, you didn't stroke it like I, I did. I saved you again. Should I continue or do you got this now? Um, I'm sure. I don't know. Is Adriel back? I'm dropping in. I'm cutting in and out here. Okay. So, yeah. You can leave us some five-star uh, ratings if you go onto iTunes, like Enlightened One did, and also Star uh, Cork. Star Cork. Uh, <laughs> <Stark work. laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, so we had 133 uh, five-star ratings so far. So we have 102 in Canada, 28 in the U.S., one in the, the Australia, and one in the U.K., and one in Lithuania. Yay! Yay! So if you make it funny, or if you actually make it interesting, we'll even you know we're gonna read it no matter what. Who are we kidding? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, or we're gonna butcher it no matter what. Who are we kidding? So. Kelly will butcher it. How's when that? Trevor comes to your reading rescue, you know it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a book. Yeah, it's a book. Shoutouts. Yes. Uh, who wants to go first? Because I got a ton. Uh, I'll, do, I'll go first. Um, I, I, I put up a poll asking people uh, which uh, rifle I should get for the hunting season, and the Tika T3 won out. So I think I have to uh, go buy one of those now. Excellent. Um, mine is to uh, – uh, is that it? Can I go? That Kelly? Sure. Okay. Mine is to Mike Hissington from the New Shooter Canada. Uh, it, How about Mike Hissington? Sorry. What did I say? Hissington. Whatever. It's Mike knows Hissington. his last name. <laughs> Mike Hissing, 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 Mike Hissing. Yes. Thank you, my God. I know it was a real pleasure and honor meeting you, Mike. I enjoyed uh, spending time with you on the airsoft range, and I really enjoyed playing Cards Against Humanity with you, which I won, by the way. But you know who's counting? Poor Fred was giving me such a hard time about beating me in the zombie shoot. Like he just wouldn't let it go. Oh no, that was me. I wouldn't let it go. Yeah, I kept challenging him to it. Yeah. To a do-over. I still want my do-over, Fred. Same course of fire, but we each use our FNs this time. Different uh, different gun. No, we use our FNs. No, no. Yeah, I know, but he uses a different gun. What do you mean? Not a cheater. Oh, exactly. Yeah, he uses his FN, <laughs> and I use my FN. Same same ammo, too. Right. So Yeah, this was supposed to be about Mike, not about me whining about Fred. So, yeah, Mike, it was great to meet you, and uh, looking forward to seeing you again sometime at some kind of event. And your wife as well. Good times. And uh, who else? To the listeners who pop by to say hello to me, thank you very much. And thanks for coming out and supporting the event. Yeah. And uh, one thing that we did want to note is Sarah. Sarah was uh, almost nine months pregnant. In that God love her. Helping out. Yeah. In so that heat. Ugh, it's hot. So my shout-outs are to a bunch of people. Stacy, uh, Jay, Brian, Wes, Rick, Mario, 
uh, our other Rick, so RJ, um, Sarah, Wanda, Thomas, George, and my uh, good friend Christine. Also, the Brockville District Fish and Game Club volunteers, the sponsors, uh, CCFR, CFI, and all the shooters as well. We couldn't have done the event, and we couldn't have raised $5,500 for Soldier On without you guys. It was amazing. And most of all, thanks, Kevin, for, for doing this and being suckered into it. <laughs> Well, not really suckered in, but maybe that's the wrong word, but he did it because he loves me. Adriel, are you, do you have anybody? Yeah. And he's – okay, Yeah. Good. Well, no, I just You're had the, uh, the people who voted on the uh, oh, yeah, uh, hunting right. season thing. Yeah, there's 104 people that voted, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to get that Tika now. The people have spoken. The people have spoken. Yep. You're going to have to have a Tika. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to sign us off then? Since she's the lead host? Yes. Please join one of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR or the CSSA. It's important to support those who support us. Check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. We've got a forum there where you can uh, comment on our shows. Like us on Facebook. We're at 1,462 likes, and uh, that's where a lot of conversation happens as well. We have 105 thumbs up, 10 gold stars, and counting. Two flukes, two manatee flippers, two kangaroo thumbs, and one safe space. Space. No dingo parts. No dingo parts, and we're not going to put that on there. Nope. Although it is funny to say dingo donger. I just I don't want to have it have to say it like every show. <laughs> uh, well, I think we've got that got to that point in the show. It's uh, time to say goodnight, Kelly. Goodnight, Kelly. Goodnight, Kelly. You don't say goodnight to yourself. <laughs> You're you made it awkwarder. Yes, I did. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, good night, guys. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.